Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Eh, maybe you like to settle back with a wine cooler, water, soft drink, plenty of that. Lots and lots of snacks. Lots and lots of snacks. And not only that, six great flavors of slushies. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Pat Fryermuth in a moment. First, our play-by-play call of the day. Beal trying to get free, and now Beal goes to the hoop, and he's got it, and the foul. Here is Siakam, three seconds, two seconds for the win off the glass. No, the Wizards will win it in overtime, 131-129. Everybody can take a breath. I guess Steve is still taking his breath from from that one as the Wizards get the big one in overtime last night as they try to keep up with the playoff race in the East, but looks like they're in decent shape and they'll be sneaking in and the play-in round, and that could even be a Sixers opponent for the upcoming first round in the NBA playoffs. That was from NBC Sports Washington. Well, I think we got Steve back with us now as Pat Fryermuth, the former Penn State Indy Lion, now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, joins us now. I appreciate you having me on. All right. So I, last time I saw you was at a Penn State football practice. You told me you were going to go home and watch the draft there. What was that night like in Massachusetts uh, with family and friends around? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, I loved every second of it. Um, but it was very stressful. Um, obviously, you know, that first day, not getting the call and then waiting a little bit on that second day. Um, it was definitely really stressful, but um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, you know, it was definitely, you know, an awesome position to be in. Um, if I were to stress about something, it's a good thing to stress about. So, um, yeah, it was it was an awesome experience just being with my family and all my loved ones. Um, we've been there from the start, so it was awesome. 
sometimes teams don't get in contact with the player during the process, and then suddenly on draft night they're surprised. Mike Tomlin was at Pro Day here. Did you get an opportunity to talk to him? Because, I mean, uh, I know everyone was impressed by how you ran the route tree especially. Did you get a chance to talk to him that day, and did they give you any inkling at all? Um, So, you know, I talked to him for about, like, 30 minutes, like, two days before the Pro Day. Um, They told me, like, they were coming to Pro Day and everything like that, and they talked to me there. So, you know, I talked to, you know, Mike Tomlin and and, uh, the the GM and, you know, Coach uh, Roberts and stuff. So, um, yeah, I kind of – I didn't really know. I was kind of surprised, but I wasn't at the same time just because, you know, it was kind of beneficial to be on the field with them and kind of get coaching from them and stuff like that. And I felt like that part went really well, so – um, you know, I was a little bit surprised that I was dumb, um, but in the same sense, I, I wasn't. So when the call came in, uh, first of all, who did you talk to on the call, and what was that moment like? Uh, yeah, so when I first picked up, um, it was Coach Tomlin um, telling me, um, you know, they're going to make me a stealer with the pick. Um, and then I talked to Colbert, the GM, um, and then I talked to, um, you know, the owner, um, and then I talked to um, the tight ends coach. So, um, I talked to those four people, and um, it was awesome. You know, just, just hearing Coach Tomlin and um, uh, Mr. Colbert telling me that, you know, I'm going to be part of, you know, the Steel organization and such a storied organization, and, you know, I'm very excited for, you know, for this opportunity. All right, so I, I have to ask you about your parents. Uh, your mom was, I mean, when everybody was wondering whether it would even be a Big Ten season, your mom was one of the leaders in getting word out that, hey, look, people wanted to play. What was it like for you and for them that this moment happened? Because they've obviously poured a lot into you as parents. Yeah. You know, they were very emotional. Um, you know, they I feel like they've, they've sacrificed a lot, um, not only for me, but, you know, my brother and sister. Um, they sacrificed, you know, giving up their weekends and hanging out with their friends and going out to dinner with their friends to, you know, pick me and my brother and my sister from practices and, and going to games on the weekends and you know they sacrificed a lot during their summer and, and, and their off time because they're both school teachers um, you know they sacrificed their summer to you know bring us to camps and bring us all over the country to you know baseball camps and football camps everything like that so you know they it was kind of you know fulfilling to me that you know all that sacrifice they made for us kind of paid off um, and you know you know, my brother has been successful, and now that I'm taking my next step in my journey, that, you know, my goals, that I've seen success, and, you know, my sister the same way, and whatever, she, she's a junior in high school, so whatever she chooses to do, she's going to be successful, and she has been up to this point. So, you know, I think all three of us kind of, you know, but everything we do, we, in the back of our mind, we're thinking, you know, our parents have sacrificed so much for us, so, you know, why not go out there and give it our all and try our best? Every time National Letter of Intent Day comes up, I always say to people, this is one of those life-changing decisions for somebody. This is a decision that sets you forward in life. You chose Penn State. Uh, and what did it mean in terms of the decision to come here to get you to this point? Yeah, you know, I, this was, you know, Penn State was just a step in the journey. I think, you know, that journey that I wanted to, I, I didn't want to put up with any of, like, the um, – you know the extra drama and the extra stuff like that um you know i wanted to you know go into a program where you know football and academics were the two top priorities and as well as building relationships and you know coach franklin had a vision that you know i loved and i was and i respected and wanted to be a part of so that kind of went into my decision to go to penn state and you know personally you know i think guys 
when they come to Penn State and they, the, the one thing they mess up is not buying into the, the whole program. And they might buy into, you know, Coach Franklin's vision and the workouts, but they not, might not buy into, you know, putting extra time on the football field. So, um, you know, I think that's one mistake that people, um, you know, don't do as guys on the team. But, you know, the dudes that do it and the dudes that finally figure it out, you know, they reach their goals because Coach Franklin has a formula that, you know, is proven to work. So, you know, that's why, you know, I think he's been so, so, so successful and same with the Penn State, you know, program. Obviously, the workout part is always great because people get awed by when they watch Micah run a four three nine or watch Jason run a four three six. What did what did guys like Dwight Gall, Alvin, Chuck, everybody? What do they mean to the development of buying in, like you just talked about, in the overall program? Yeah, um, you know, I, it, it's kind of funny because going in, I remember Trace telling me, and same with Mike and, and Nick, like just being like, you know. Obviously, you want to have a good relationship with your with your um, position coach, but you know you want to have a really good relationship with the the strength staff because you know they're there every single day, um, you know, working out with you and, and making sure that you know you're on your p's and q's. So um, just you know, making sure that you build that relationship with them um, and you know everything like that. Obviously, uh, Tyler Bowen's now with Jacksonville, and Ty Howell is now in charge of the tight ends here. What did, what did those two guys mean uh, to your development as a player on the college level? Yeah, those two have been instrumental. I know Coach Bowen, you know, he's obviously been there from the start since I got first got there. You know, we came at the same time, and, you know, he demanded greatness from me every single day. Um, you know, even if that's in the classroom, I took those lessons in the classroom and applied them to the football field of, you know, learning, you know, and putting extra work in and, and, and the learning and stuff like that. But, you know, he's, he, he took pride on me, you know, becoming a, a complete tight end. Um, and, you know, I thank him for that every single day just because, you know, without me, I'm not some athletic freak like Mike who's going to go up and, and hurdle dudes and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm going to, you know, be a good blocker and pass check and, and make the solid plays. So, you know, I, I love being a complete tight end. I owe all to him. And, and same with Ty coming in, meeting him this year. Um, and him working with the tight ends a bunch. And, you know, he they have to practice me a bunch of times to work, you know, game plan stuff and footwork stuff and everything like that. So those two have been so instrumental in my process and in my career. There are a lot of guys, and you reference Mike, there are a lot of guys that go to college and they were wide receivers and they get and they end up being converted to tight end. What kind of advantage did you have? Because that has really always been your position. Oh, yeah, I had uh, a big advantage, you know, in high school, you know, I was asked to block and I was asked to be in line and I was asked to, you know, hit the block and slide every single day and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think it was beneficial to me that, you know, my high school coach coaches were, you know, my cousin, and my uncle who have coached at the college ranks and, and they kind of know you know what to expect as a tight end and what coaches want. Um, you know, so they made me block. They didn't split me out all the time and um, just run routes. They made me go in there and, and put my head in the uh, hand in the dirt and, you know, have be physical in line of scrimmage. So, it was huge. It was very beneficial to me knowing the importance of, you know, being able to block um, in, in high school. All right. So now, what are the next steps for the Steelers? What have they told you? When do they want you there? When are some of the elements that they want to put in in the off season that involve you? Yeah. So I actually leave um, uh, next Thursday. Um, I'll report. You know, have my physical, get fitted for all my equipment and stuff like that. And our first practice in minicamp is Saturday or Friday. Um, to Sunday, so we have that for our rookie mini camp, and then um, we have a couple other days sprinkled in throughout June for you know OTAs and stuff like that. Um, 
and then I'm pretty sure mandatory mini camp is uh, like June 15th to 17th or something like that. So, um, you know, those practices, I'm excited for those to get, get to meet, meet the guys and, and compete out there on the practice field and stuff like that and kind of see what that's like. Um, and just for expectation, they expect me to come in and kind of continue where I left off in the, in the 2020 season, just kind of making sure, you know, I'm physical in the run game and, and know my responsibilities and everything like that. Finally, and I'll just flat out say because I already know it, so Steelers fans understand, Pat is 100% and has been for several weeks now. So let's just, <laughs> okay, let's establish yes, that, okay? I mean, because yes, you and I have talked enough uh, about mm-hmm. it. But what did the rehab process do to get you back in terms of the mental and what it took mentally to do it and being driven to do it because uh, you are back to where you need to be? Yeah, I'm very, you know, obviously this is going to be weird to say, but I'm very, you know, appreciative of, you know, the whole rehab process because, um, you know, this is my first major injury. So, you know, that whole time, it was a six-month recovery. So that whole time it, it was it was hard because, you know, I was looking at guys in training doing everything that I wanted to do and I couldn't do it yet so um, just making sure I practice patience and you know everything happens for a reason and um, just mental aspect of it you know just make sure you, you take each day at a time um, you know my rehab process there was no really hiccups or anything like that but you know some days it was my shoulder was sore than the other um, so you know just taking one day at a time and um, just making sure that um, you know you focus on you know what's at the task at hand so just you know all those lessons that I've learned about the rehab process you know I'm very appreciative for well, I can say with in no uncertain terms, on and off the field, one of the best I've ever dealt with. Pat, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. You're going to have a great pro career with the Steelers. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Pat Fryermuth, Steelers tight end. One segment the suit listened to intently. The, and the other one he listens to is the one about horse racing gambling. All right. Uh, you, sir, are my hero. We will come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Thanks to Pat Fryermuth for joining us. And uh, a truly, I mean, he is one of the truly great guys. I'll tell you, uh, his family, great family too. His mom, Diane, I mean, she was very public about uh, people rallying behind the Big Ten to play again. Passionate about it. You know, and Pat was one of those guys. I mean, look, he ended up being the tight end of the year in the Big Ten. He only played half the season. What does that tell you how good he is? Always been great. Always one of those guys that always comes over to you during a practice. Shaka was like that. 
Tori Castro Fields. Just want to say hi, see how you're doing. Yeah, it's great being around guys like that. It really is. And, uh, so. so, our thanks to him. The NCAA, now let's get to basketball rules. Going all over the place. They're actually proposing, and it's about time. They are proposing that players get technical fouls who fake being fouled. Yes. Oh. Like, you got teed. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, we already talked earlier this week about live transmission of stats of the bench for coaches. That's great. Um, the committee supports an experimental rule to allow teams to view live video and preloaded video on their bench during conference games only for the upcoming season. I'm for that. That's fine. It's like, look, we're in a video world. I have no problem with it. Uh, the foul structure they recommended be uh, experimented with during the NIT timeouts. The committee proposed that any timeout called by a team be designated as a media timeout, provided that the media timeout has already not been used in that segment. Okay. So that's it. That's that's interesting. Um, so they're trying to combine the two. Under the proposal, if a coach calls a timeout at the 18-minute mark, it'll serve as the under-16 media timeout. If either team calls a timeout under the 16-minute mark, it'll serve as the 12. Under this scenario, the next media timeout wouldn't occur until the under-8. They think it'll allow for more continuous action. Also, the committee, and I, I like this one, the committee uh, pr- uh, proposed allowing shot clocks have tenths of a second be displayed. It's not going to be required because not everybody can afford to do it. But I've always been for the tenths of a second on the shot clock. Always have been. But I liked I liked the flop rule. You know, I get sick of that. You get sick of it. Ah! Like, oh, really? I mean, really, was that brutal? You cut me a break. <laughs> I always like it. It, to me, that's always the giveaway, where the guy flies back seven or eight feet, makes a noise, ah! You're like, oh. at that point, T. <laughs> no, I got it, T. <laughs> Done. Get out of here. <laughs> See, that's what you know. That's how I role and stuff like that. You kind of get sick of it after a while. And and we've talked about Dick and I have talked about this repeatedly. In the NBA, they just find you. In other words, they hit you in the wallet, and you go, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. You can't do that in college basketball. Although, <laughs> if the decision is made to start paying players, you sure could. <laughs> you can start finding them. Hey, it's all part of the... You wanted the money. <laughs> there are ways to take it away from you. Oh, my goodness. We talked about the NBA ratings. I mean, LeBron, he's missing games, but it's not an injury. 
Huh? Boy, does this league have a problem. Phew, they have a problem. Wow. Uh, Cubs lead the Pirates 3-0, bottom of the 7th. That's the only afternoon game going on right now. And uh, the only other event going on right now at this hour is the Wells Fargo Golf Tournament. Yesterday, Phil Mickelson shot a 64 and was the leader. Well, today he shot a 75. So he's at three under, and he's three shots off the lead. That happens. How about Jock Peterson? You see what Jock Peterson did the other day? He gets a waist-high fastball, and he just just tears into it. I mean, I'm talking launch the whole thing. Flips the bat, looks at the dugout, goes, yeah. Mookie bets midway on the warning track. Not at the wall, not leaping. Midway on the warning track, makes the catch. It was a sack fly it scored a run, but... You know, the ball's only being put in play now 16.6% of the time. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I think somebody called and asked if I said the ball's in play 16.6% of the time. Uh, that is actually a fact. What do you think, I make stuff up? <laughs> we can debate about whether we make up stuff about the suit. I mean, that's okay. <laughs> we, we could do that. S U I T. That spells suit. Uh, yeah, Don Mattingly made some interesting statements about hitting. And he um, he's right. You have two guys already this season. We'll get to to the king in a moment. You have two guys already this season that have already struck out more than 40 times. Do you realize Mattingly, the most he ever struck out in a single season, was 43 times? Oh, and he did that in 157 games. Now, you're talking about, obviously, a great hitter. But there's just a lot of swinging and missing going on right now, and that's what he was talking about. Okay. Marcelo Suna, 202. Charlie Blackman, All-Star, 184. Francisco Lindor, 189. Miguel Cabrera, 140. Major League hitters are hitting 223 through April, down from 252 two years ago. The low was 237 back in 1968. Okay? Uh, 9.06 strikeouts per team per game. Strikeouts are 1,092 ahead of hits this season. How about that for a while? Uh, Just 16.6% of pitches have been put into play this season through the middle of the week. It's down from 18.6% in 2015. So if you're wondering where I got the 16.6 from, that's because we do research on the show. All right. Uh, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports of Essex Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. 
Obviously, they have great slushies, six different flavors. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury the Beverage Supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the King joins us. Hey, man, what's up? Not much. You know, I was watching the Yankee game the other night. I'm riding my little exercise bike, and uh, I, I saw, like, the bottom five guys in their order, 161, 169, yep. 172. I'm like, holy crap, they're all batting below 200. So you're right. I mean, those numbers aren't lying. Hitting's way down. And fielding? Have you watched the Detroit Tigers play baseball? Well, I mean, yesterday, I mean, this is what losing teams do. Losing teams make losing plays. So they go into the bottom of the eighth inning at Fenway yesterday, winning 9-8. Now, here, on a day where they finally get some offense, all right, they have a chance to win one. And in the bottom of the eighth inning, they commit an awful error that allows three runs to score, and they lose 12-9. It made me sick. Like, hey, it, there's uh, not a single player. There's not a single player on the Detroit Tigers that would start for the Yankees. No, Lou Maloney was uh, commentating for the Red Sox, and I think he was talking about the second baseman or shortstop. I'm not sure, but he said. He's fielding the ball like somebody learning how to play in college. Yep. Not not like a major leaguer. Ouch. You know, he, he said, I've never seen this much poor play on a baseball field. So. They've won nine games so far this season. Uh, so far, there have been 69 team shutouts this season. There's on a pace for 439 shutouts in a year. Right, even accounting for additional games caused by expansion, that percentage of games in which a team failed to score, only 1972, 1968, and 1919 were worse. I wonder why. It's really Maybe just amazing. Pandemic, yeah, know. because you you would think, but I mean, they still played last year. I mean, because there's a yeah. ton of teams like the Phillies and the Yankees too that are having a lot of fielding problems as well, and. They have guys, obviously, that are not hitting well either. Well, it's really excuse me. scratching. That's that's why you put the ball in play. Well, hey, there this, you go. This, 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 look, here's the biggest problem I have with people that are absorbed by analytics. Not that they do it. I love it. The more information, the better. But the difference between me and, the, and you two, you know, the three of us together, and them is that I recognize through experience there are multiple games to multiple ways to win a game. Analytics people think there's one way to win, their way. And they're wrong. It is a way to win. It is a way to win. There are multiple ways to win. So in other words, a good example, I've got a runner on second, nobody out. If a strikeout's like any other out, that's the analytics line. That guy just grounded the second base, and the runner moved to third. Next pitch, he scored in a wild pitch. Well, if we do it the analytics way, 
there's a wild pitch, he ends up on third. Doesn't score. You're right. (laughs) Paging Gabe Kaplan. I've got a, a... A brother-in-law, his his grandson is was the analytic guy for the New York Jets, and this is two, three years ago. He's explaining to me how um, who's the rookie quarter was the rookie quarterback for the Jets. Forgot his name. Sam 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 Darnold. Sam Darnold. He said analytics say that Sam Darnold is. 70% better quarterback than Tom Brady. That Tom Brady's analytic numbers are horrible. He doesn't, and Tom Brady basically under analytics is fake. His numbers are fake. I'm looking at him like at that time he had six Super Bowls or, or five Super Bowls. I'm looking at him like Sam Darnold's a rookie. What are you talking about? He's, and he was just steadfast on it. I said, and that same year, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl again, and Sam Darnold played maybe two more games. The analytics is good, but man, you still got to go on the field and play the game. You know, analytics, There's analytics in football, just numbers. Right, analytics tells you in football you should go for it on every fourth down. Right. Okay, so you're on your own fifteen, and it's fourth down and twenty. Let her fly. <laughs> This is why I don't trust analytics, period. I think they're stupid, period, and I would never, ever use analytics, ever. It's called flow of the game. How is the game going? How are your players managing? Yeah, but I want it as a tool. I think it's important to use every tool available to have you sit down and say, you know what, for example, Matt, I mean, something. sometimes an analytic can be simple. So what? what are you you a right-handed hitter, Matt? I'm a right-handed. Okay. Okay, I may have stats just on a pure breakdown that shows me that against right-handed pitching, you're a 200 hitter. But against a left-handed pitcher, you're a 320 hitter. Oh, and by the way, lifetime against the left-handed pitching today, you're a 340 hitter. I'm going to put you in the lineup. I guess that's like that's probably the only example I would use. I got 100 like this. What are you talking about? Yeah, Tom Brady is a good example. Is he the greatest thrower ever? No. Is he? He's a leader, and that doesn't come on stats. And I'm not a huge Brady lover. Yeah, there's a lot about it, but it's like I think it was against the Packers or New Orleans. The defense got him the ball four times, and he put the ball in the end zone all four times. He's lifting up his entire team. Maybe his stats aren't the greatest, but the defense knows if we get the guy the ball, he's going to do his job and get it in the end zone. And and that's not a stat. That's not an analytic. That's just a guy who gets the job done. And there's no stats for that. You can't coach that. You, and they, they've, it's like cake. If you eat too much, it's no good. They went too far with whoa, the whoa, analytics. Whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? What was that about cake? Yeah, you can eat all you want, but it's still not good for you. You've ruined my day. All right, we'll come back. (laughs) We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. For the first time three years ago, it was the first time ever strikeouts exceeded hits in a season. First time ever, three years ago. 
Strikeouts are already 1,092 ahead of hits this year. Oh, my. Don Mattingly said, I don't think it's cyclical at this point. There's so much swing and miss, too much launch angle. It's off the charts. I think it's something that we need to address. Look, the bottom line is the Mendoza line should not be a goal to reach. Okay. <laughs> there I you mean, have you're it. You're taking a sport that's being criticized for being boring and making it more boring. Well, you know. Well, remember, they put in new baseballs this year so they wouldn't fly as far. Oh, that was... I mean, who sits around in a conference room and comes up with this stuff? And as everybody goes, that's a good one. Way to go, Rob. <laughs> See, you just named the problem right there, but we'll, we don't have time for that for today. That's a different topic for another Joey day. Joey Gallo has struck out 40 times. And we know Suarez has struck out 40 times. Don Mattingly struck out 40 times in a season four times in his career. <laughs> okay? The most he ever struck out in a year was 43. Yeah. <laughs> hey, God. I mean, I mean, this must be torture. Except when he gets direct deposit. That kind of eases the torture of it. <laughs> But this is for a guy that can hit. He goes, he's sitting going, oh, my God, what am I watching? <laughs> hey, guess who come by the shop again? I'm fixing his trailer. Remember Paul Pasqualoni? Pasqualoni. Yeah. Former Penn yeah. State linebacker, Syracuse head coach, UConn head coach. Good man. I know. Yeah, I know he's a really I know, good man. He's Jack a good guy. Likes, Jack I likes him a lot. out here in the backyard. Uh, yeah, Jack likes him a lot. All right. Yeah, good dude. That's good so, business they right there. quarters against each other. So, <laughs> there you go. Whatever he's that is. <laughs> he's, he's competitive. You're going to lose. Yeah, so. All right. He's a good, good man. Yeah, he's a good guy. So. On that note, what to watch for for this week. Steve, I'm going to start with you because I think I know what you're going to go with here for your first one to watch for this weekend. Every team will get a hit in a game. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's why I went to you. King. Will Albert Pujols rejoin Tony La Russa with the White Sox? Mm, Very, very interesting. He's available, so why not? Oh. White, has White Sox struggling a little bit. <laughs> he, has to, he has to wait a week, though. It's got to be seven days, and then he becomes an absolute free agent and do what he wants. Yeah, I think he'll sign him. Why not? I'm For my first what to watch for, I'm going to continue with my Tom Wilson soap opera from yesterday. Oh, I was going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> How many what more a- times is the NHL going to give him a slap in the wrist when he does something stupid on the ice? Know. Whether he legally boards somebody and knocks them out for a couple more games, boom. Just, eh, we'll just take five grand from you. That's all. Again, yeah, I they, was riding they, but my that's bike, the, but and that's I have the, the TV on. And I said, oh, hockey. And it's Washington, New York. They oh, yeah. drop the puck, and everybody starts mauling each other. I know. Other. It was nuts. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, great job, NHL. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that, that was the re- retaliation. For it, but the five thousand yeah, is the max fights. they can find. They had six guys each in the penalty box, uh, and they had to stop fighting because they were laying out of players. Right. 
Well, yeah. it looked like it looked like that scene in the replacements when 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 yeah. Keanu Reeves comes back in the game. That's good. Goes, yeah, there you go. That's what it looked like. I mean, but you know what? If 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 that even that is the case with the collective bargaining agreement, if that's what the maximum is, then suspend him without well, pay. That's a, well, that's what I mean. He should have been. Uh, to me, it, what should have been when a guy has accumulated that much. It can't be viewed as it as an isolated incident. It has to be viewed as the whole, and that's why he should have had ten game suspension. There you All go. Right. All right. He was hitting the defenseless guy. I mean, that yep. was just he a needs no to be player. gone from the league. Period. He's nothing but a menace to the NHL. Yeah, and he thinks it's funny. So I know, but, but yeah. he speaks highly of you. <laughs> I mean, just now to to Philadelphia media because the Flyers have their crack with him tonight, and he's and he's just going on acting like, well, I, I, yeah, I don't know why I'm getting all this attention, blah, blah. And then he also goes on to say, well, I've watched all this film with the director of uh, of uh, player safety and this and that. Clearly, he's getting nothing from that. I mean, it just incentivizes this whole thing even more. But whatever, totally ridiculous. Dick King, what do you got for number two? Um, I got two. One's not a sports one because it's something that's true to heart to me. How many states this week will elim- eliminate the $300 extra money for unemployment so that employers can hire people again? Nobody can hire anyone around here because everyone's sitting at home. And I don't blame the ones sitting at home because they're making more money than they would if they worked. So. How many states will do it? I, I, I predict none. That's that's my Oh, no, there's two states that are eliminating it right now. Oh, yeah? Ah, they, they need to eliminate it. It goes to September. And that, right. all the restaurants around here, they can't hire any help at all. The people that they had are collecting an extra 300 bucks a week, and they refuse to come back to work. And remember, now, this Helmar, is from a... My good friend who owns all the restaurants... Yep. Just keep people. He's paying them the extra three hundred, so they'll come back. Right. And the government sitting here saying, "Oh no, that's not a problem." It's like, "Oh my gosh, you 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 can't keep trying to buy votes. You can't it, make these people go back to work. Everybody's open around here. They need help. Okay, I'm done." These are people who hire. That's, I mean, my brother hires. His friend hires. Yeah. I mean, that's. I can't hire yeah. anyone. Nobody wants to come. They're sitting at home. The yeah. unemployment rate is huge. And so and it's, people want to hire people, but there's nobody to hire because they're making so much money at home. Yeah. If the pandemic, for the most part, is over. Let's get back to work. Steve, what do you got? Aaron Rodgers will go to the Lakers and LeBron James will go to the Packers. <laughs> See, that would just solve everybody's problems right now. But will he honor his contract if his feelings get hurt? So. You know what? If I'm the Packers now, they're not – if they were participating in OTAs, and I don't believe they are because of the COVID thing that 22 teams are doing, which I cry right. foul on. But was I, again, I every, every, yeah, every state has their own. Wisconsin, I don't right. know what Wisconsin's rules are. But anyway, right. whenever the Packers get back on the field, if this continues, I'm suspending him for conduct detrimental to the team. I've yep. had it. If I'm the Packers, I've had it. I'm moving on. I agree. If I'm the Packers, I move on and say, you want to play here? And good luck finding somebody who wants to hire you because you know what? Again, as an employer, 
you don't want to work for me, leave. Well, I don't That's think it. he'll. I, I don't think he'll have trouble finding another team to go to if the Packers were to cut him. But yeah, I, I, but right. they're not going so, to because then they'll Kevin, just cave right in. Kevin, your theory works well in the real world. We're talking sports. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> you're, you're, you're not sitting there where yeah, you're like I can't imagine like, signing a twenty or thirty million dollar contract guaranteed and saying they disrespected right, me. <laughs> right, De- I mean, De- I mean, really? Denver, Denver is sitting there saying, "Go ahead, cut him loose." <laughs> there you go. I know. <laughs> Which is disrespected worse than that, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> which leads me to my second what to watch for is which Green Bay player, ex or current, is next going to weigh in with some speculation of what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. We've heard from Brett Favre and John Coons this week. Who are we going to hear from next? Jordan Love. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> should be fired. <laughs> get rid of him. <laughs> no, get rid of him. Okay, Jordan, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm ready. Put me in, coach. All right. I mean, you could have played me in eight games last year when Green Bay had blowouts. You played Tim Boyle instead. I mean, I, maybe that – I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Uh, I think he's done. You got to get rid of him. You can't. You can't. Um, Ken Jennings will be the new quarterback for the uh, Packers. There you go. <laughs> your, no. your guy. Your guy from Jeopardy. Yeah, but he needs to be on Jeopardy though. <laughs> yeah, but what if he's what if he's the better option at quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> I think he would choose Jeopardy. Hartford Athletics, what? Hartford, University of Hartford, what were you thinking? (laughs) Going Division III. Still have EA Sports, stop. Uh, That's awful. Uh, I think that's awful. That, 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 That smells. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.